it's the Darren Clarkson Podcast. Calm down, calm down, come on everybody, it's not that important, you know. Right, what are we talking about today? You know the drill, don't you? Whitewater Kayaking Podcast, sometimes I talk about ultra running, but very rarely because running sucks. So what we're talking about on this one, this podcast, names I think I'm going to talk about for the start off, names and celebrity and all that, celebrity within the sport. So when you first start paddling, I think, and I could be wrong, as always, these podcasts are just my sort of mindless drivel and you're allowed to not agree with me on this I mean most people probably do but when you first start in this sport you sort of look at the paddlers that are I'm going to say in the media but we know what I mean by in the media you know your socials and your magazines and your all that malarkey all that stuff you know we look at those that are on the posters and we look at those that are in the brochures and we sort of see those as the top end of the game sometimes if we are interesting competition we might notice the top competitive paddlers perhaps if we're not involved in social media the names in magazines or on posters are just names of magazines and posters and perhaps our role models for the sport are people in our peer group or they are people in our club and it's quite strange I think that Pretty much everybody that we aspire to be like in this world of kayaking really only matters to the world of kayaking. There's very few, I'm going to say athletes, it makes us sound really serious. There's very few kayakers, canoeists that cross over into other adventure disciplines uh, and other sports and keep the same level of uh, specialisms, really, for want of a better word. And I think you know what I'm getting at. We sort of, some people will idolise uh, the world freestyle champion, for example. But then, years down the line, the idealisation for, and again, it's not, they're not the right words, I don't think, but I think you're going to get my drift. The idealisation of that world freestyle champion has faded as a new generation has come through. You know, like, it takes lived experience to remember the freestyle paddlers from, from old. It takes lived experience to remember the slalom paddlers from old, the whitewater races from old, the expedition paddlers from years ago. And I think that's because we don't have a written tradition in this sport. We don't keep journals and logs in the same way that other sports do. Climbers journal all the time. You know, I've said this before in podcasts. You can find out who first climbed Senator Corner, for example, and you can find out who soloed El Cap. Well, we know that anyway, but you know, you can find that stuff out. It's well, well documented. You don't tend to have that in kayaking. Yeah. We do tend to have, at the moment, soundbite documentation in the form of social media, but we don't have the historical documentation, very rarely, which makes 
putting faces to names and names to events really difficult. And we sort of get tied up in this sort of myth and legend. I love that. I love the myth and legend of our sport. I love the fact that you can be sat in an eddy chatting to somebody and surfing some waves and making moves. And all of a sudden, you work out that they're a 70-year-old dude that paddled in India back in the day. Back in the day, like, that's a nondescript time, isn't it? Back in the 80s, for example, and you're like, whoa, you're that guy. Or you're that girl. Now, our sport is also quite niche within a niche because kayaking is quite niche. All you got to do is go onto social media, social media at the moment, and people are like, look, I'm going kayaking this weekend, and they're going to sit on top of or they're buying uh, marketplace boats and heading out on the canals, which is no bad thing. Except our world is more than that, isn't it? It's about exploration. It's about finesse. Uh, it's about the beauty of the natural landscape. It's about pushing yourself. And I'm not saying that paddling a sit on top down your local canal or local river isn't that thing, that stuff. It's a matter of degree rather than kind, isn't it? You know, for, for myself, me pushing myself, on a river requires a greater push than me jumping on a canal. But the person who is new to the sport, their emotional push is on that canal. You know? But we're niche within a niche. Even the top athletes in our sport, if they're not in the disciplines that we do, we struggle to name them. Who's, who's the... Uh, Best white water down river racer at the moment. Who's the best sprint racer at the moment? Which sea kayaker has got the most expedition accomplishments? Which open boat paddler has run uh, class five uh, first ascension in open boat? Which open boat has won freestyle world championships? Who designed the first squirt boat and made squirt boating popular. Who's the most well-known slalom paddler of this generation? Who's the best well-known slalom paddler from two decades ago? These things are really hard to pinpoint in our sport. You ask a football fan, a dedicated football fan, who scored the most goals in the football season in, you know, 1984? And they'll tell you. They'll just tell you. Like, they know that stuff. Who was goalkeeper when Maradona beat England with a hand for God? They'll just tell you. Like, they know that stuff. Who was in the, you know, which 11 players started for England in that match? They'll tell you. Uh, but we don't tend to have that in kayaking. And that, I like that. It dawned on me yesterday on a drive back uh, from a paddling festival in Wales. And it was confirmed to me yesterday on a voice message I got from a friend uh, talking about, can you name slalom paddles? And I was like, I can only name Jessica Fox, really, at the moment. You know, and it's it's an interesting one uh, because it's not my, my line of sport. Within the sport, it's not my specialist. And I should know this stuff because it's important, but I don't. So driving back from this paddling festival, the Terrarium Fest, people call it the Tea Fest because I think people are lazy. Uh, and they can't say train properly, and they can't spell it properly, so they call it a tea fest. Uh, and I also play fits on t-shirts better. But I'm not a big fan of festivals. Don't really like them. 
it's I think Rick Deshner once said it's like uh, the Aladdin's cave of jewels, and all of a sudden, all the jewels are there for everyone, and the jewels get dirty. And I'm I'm not a massive fan of it. For me, kayaking is about special places with special people and special memories. Now, before you all jump on your high horse, all right, I'm not saying that terrain is not a special place and the people you meet there are not special, okay? Because it can be amazingly special. Right? But for me, a festival isn't about the sort of specialness, is that even the word? It's not about this bijou moment we have on the river. Festivals are more about social times. They're also really about product placement and demo boats and selling kit and trade stands and all that. And it's basically a trade stand extravaganza with a bit of paddling around right around the end of it, in my eyes. And I know a lot of you are going to say, but that's not how it is. You know, you come along to the party. Well, yeah, you're okay, you got a party. And you see all your mates you've not seen for years. Okay. And you do a bit of paddling. Well, you do a bit of paddling, yeah. But you can do a bit of paddling like anywhere. You know, you don't have to have an extravaganza event for that, do you? But it's nice and it's lovely to see old friends. And I saw old friends I've not seen for 20, 30 years and it was beautiful. But it sort of does dirty the jewels a little bit. Sometimes I come across as this loud, brash Yorkshireman. And I'm okay with that. But Kaikin is this magical place. There's glimpses of magic in it. Surfing that wave where you can feel the green under your hull like jetting you along. For that moment, for that brief moment, you're stationary, yet moving. The water that was before is now gone, and it's new water under, under your hull. You've got this splash of water droplets bouncing across your eye line. If the sun's sitting in the right place, that light shines through and you get like a rainbow formation in the mist, in the droplets. Your hull zipping from left to right. Minimal paddle strokes, holding your paddle shaft like you would a bird perhaps. Not too tight to let it go away. You know, so not too sort of, yeah, not too tight to let it go in. Not too weak to let it fall. It's magic, isn't it? And you can feel the flutter in your blade. And you zip around. You've got the leaves in the trees. And you can watch as the seasons change. That same way, perhaps you've surfed every week or for a year. And the leaves have gone from green to brown to fallen on the ground. And bare branches as you zip and zip and zip. Your friends in the eddy cheering you on or maybe no one there you're just by yourself as you stare into mid distance and surf around it's magic really really is magic and then you've got wrapped around this you've got the whole society we have in our sport and you've got the whole product and you've got the whole uh, commercialism of the sport for want of a better word and we need that in the sport, and I'm not saying we don't. I think we just have to be really careful about how we buy into this sort of commercialism of the sport. And do we really need, you know, a boat released every six or eight months when the boat that we had six or eight months ago was the best boat on the market? And I've talked about this before, I don't really need to talk about it again. And then yesterday afternoon, 
say yesterday morning, it seems a long time ago, yesterday morning, did a breakfast run on the Ogwin. And I've mentioned the Ogwin a few times before, and I've mentioned it again. So, part of the Ogwin in, in North Wales. Now, the Ogwin was the first river I did in North Wales, aside from the Truerin and the mill section of the Dee. So it was my first, uh, what I'd say, proper river where you didn't walk up with your boat. Because in the back of the day when I paddled the train at 16, there was no shuttles. There was no centre building, a couple of port cabins and a caravan. So you, you walked up and down with your boat all day. So with no shuttles, none of that. So the Ogwin was the first, the first river I did in Wales. And I remember driving down from the north uh, and meeting a guy called Dan Street uh, and his friends. And this is a day, I had a Topolino, and I think these guys have pretty young Gatinos, Eskimo Gatinos, and uh, maybe a mountain bat in the mix. So this is like 31 years ago, perhaps. And I still remember that day, because I remember uh, leaving some stuff at, on the floor of somebody's house and never getting it back, Dad. But the is quite magical, isn't it? Because you can paddle it all the way to the sea and get an ice cream, uh, bag of chips at the seaside. But people don't. They take out before it hits the sea. Paddled it for so long, for so many years, you kind of know the lines inside out and back to front. But you don't really, because it's quite a, it's quite a new river, realistically speaking. You know, it, the white water sections are pretty much on the mountain. You know. It doesn't travel a long way as a, as rivers go. So it changes quite a lot. You know, a fallen tree here, a landslide there, it changes quite a lot. And especially as you drop near the A5 and you've got the islands, some trips, one island will be good to go, another trip, another island, due to the way the wood's fallen. It is such a magical place. I mean, all rivers are magical, but this one holds a special place in my heart. Paddling it, we've got friends. Making moves, missing moves, surfing waves, getting eddies, laughing and joking, waving at fishermen in who are sat in camouflage in the trees. I've often wondered about fishermen dressed in camouflage, because I'm not convinced that fish have got that good an eyesight. But if they have, please tell me. You know, like if a fisherman could like catches more fish dressed in camo than they do dressed in like normal clothes, uh, let me know. You know, because fishermen really have to spot when they're dressed in camo. But like I say, I'm at water level and the fish is not. So I don't know if a fish can see that. Anyway, magical, isn't it? Magical. And then you take out and you walk back to your car and you go for another lap, perhaps. Or you maybe go to a different river. I remember just sit and drink tea in the afternoon and tell tall stories. It's a great thing. It's magical. Everything about it is magical. The way we interact with our rivers, you know, some days we feel on top of our world paddling, and we're I'm, I'm paddling this today. Life is good. I paddle it all the time. It's beautiful. But other days we don't want to get on because something sits inside us and we're not feeling the love. And some of our peers bully us a little bit and say, "Get on yourself, Nana, and you have a bad day because you feel, you know." demotivated and picked on and the weakest in the group and if you've got friends like that sack them off not worth it 
because we're all on this journey and it's all individual except it's kind of a team game as well so before I rattle on too much I just wanted to sort of ask the questions like put them in the comments who's who could remember without Google influential expeditions influential athletes across disciplines who can who knows who did first descents on rivers in their local area for example probably nobody and does it really matter it probably doesn't although it's quite nice to have an ego massage now and then when somebody says oh that block in that corner of that cafe he did a first descent on the x y and z river he's really cool or was really cool and now look at him you know uh he don't paddle as well as he should and then they get on the water and they patch paddle better than the 20 year olds so have a think have a think on get back in your boat dry your kit from the weekend be, be careful in this summer rain that's cut that's here at the moment in parts of britain because we've had a bit of a hiatus haven't we we've had like a really good winter of paddling and then we've sort of had no paddling except artificial managed facilities and now we've got rivers are back and there's a bit more leaves on trees and a bit more wood and a bit more stuff like that in the rivers because and our line of sights are fading a little bit because where we'd normally look through trees to see lines we can't because it's full of leaves and foliage so just be a bit careful gang you know don't be posted on social media on a sunday night monday morning boat lost battle lost you know take your time scout when you need partage if you must safe lines dry heads and all that and i will speak to you all very soon Thank you very much for listening.